After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What time is it? Showtime. The brothers discuss sports and provide betting tips. The best kept secret in sports investing. Please welcome Bolt Brady and his bro. All right, what's happening? We are back in the house after a little bit of a break, but this is Bolt Brady and his bro. It's your favorite place to get your sports gambling information. Let's welcome in our guy back from the beach. What's happening? Let's start to fire up the action again. Let's do it. (laughs) So uh, the listeners probably want to know what you've been up to, big guy. Oh, post Super Bowl? Oh no, we cheated after the match. We cheated no. Masters. Yeah, um, the Masters picks went two and one. By the way, but we'll get to those later. You know, just a little bit of me time. Um, nice working out. Yeah, a little uh, little insanity. Max thirty in the garage. Uh, family time. Noticed your pipes are getting a little bit bigger. Yeah, thanks. And then <laughs> always a little golf if I can squeeze that in. Mm, so right. well, you and I have a golf trip coming up next week. So been working on the game. Get ready to meet our boy, Big Brett, and uh, we're heading to Nebraska. Yep, yep, yep. How about you? Well, uh, as you know, last week had the 10-year anniversary, being married 10 years. Oh, yes, congrats. <laughs> and what was funny is, like, I was telling mom, is the first thing I thought of was the, <laughs> well, of course, all the great years that we've had together, and the boys and all that, and then the best man speech, mm. because... Uh, I just remember people got quite the kick out of when you were talking about me being the big high roller in Vegas. Mm. Remember? Yes. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have time for the whole story. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell the quick version of it. I show up at the hotel to meet my brother and our two cousins for a good time in Vegas. And I get a bellman to go up to the room. And, of course, I've got to tip the guy, being a former Bellman myself. Well, I think we skipped a step here back in the beginning. <laughs> what was it? I think you, you came into town on fumes, chip-wise. Chip <laughs> oh, no chips? <laughs> Down at the Bellman, you go, hey, bro, uh, I'm, I don't have cash on me, but if you give me a $10 bill, I'll give you 20 bucks in like a half an hour. He's like, okay, I'll take that deal. Oh, wait, I said, can you spot? No, you no, give no. me 10 bones, I'll give you 20 in 30 minutes. All right, we'll go with that. Okay. So it was a long time ago. The guy, the guy gives you the 10 spot, and <laughs> you, you proceed to meet me and the cousins on like the Vegas Strip for some drinks. And we see this bachelorette party eventually, and they're doing one of those kind of lame checklist things like, all right, take a, take a picture with a group of guys over 12, <laughs> you know, 12 dudes. So they, they took the pic, they threw us these beads and these tokens for, like, Becky's bachelorette party. Fast forward to our room, you call down for your golf clubs and your, your luggage, and a different bellman brings them up. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up, man? Um, you know, Jimmy downstairs says you, you owe him 20 bones. Oh, yep, I'm on my way down, I'll hook him up. <laughs> And then you go to the top of the TV stand, and you grab some poker chips. Go, hey, hey, bro, this one's for you. And he shuts the door, and I go, dude, those are Becky's bachelorette tokens. Those aren't worth squat. 
<laughs> that guy was juiced. So now you got you got two bellmen downstairs. <laughs> wow. That guy hooked us both up. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. It was many, many years ago. <laughs> so next time you roll into Vegas to the Circa, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you need some more chips in your pocket. Except it wasn't the Circa. It was so... Oh, no. It was like... Uh, <laughs> It was on the Strip, but it was a beater hotel. Yeah, it wasn't Tropicana, but it, it was an old school one, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, I remembered that. <laughs> mm. um, so let's let's touch on the NBA here, since we uh, last night was Game Five. Yep, the War Dogs. That was a good team win because you know Big Steph, who's been carrying the load the rest of the series. Was as cold as he's been in, in since 2018. 233 games with a three-pointer came to an end. Right. I know. That's kind of bogus. Uh, Draymond was more assertive, but, I mean, still only had eight points. Well, hold on, though, because some of our listeners took advantage of the tweet that I sent out last night. Um, Big Ross included. JR. Because uh, I said, you know, I said that. Draymond's going to come out and ball. I'm like, he's been taking so much crap from the media. You know, the Boston fans getting on him. His over-under on assist, rebounds, and points was 21 and a half. And I said, let's take the over there. Let's go, Dre. And even in the foul trouble, he got the W for us. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, if you dig into Dre's stats, I mean, yes, he's played better. But, like, in Boston for game four, you know, they were totally ripping him. And I'm like... I guess everyone's overlooking that he led the team in assist with eight um, and only had two turnovers. So a four-to-one assist to turnover ratio is really, really good. Oh, and I guess we're not going to look at the four steals he had, too. So I think it's kind of the national narrative to knock him right now. He's still balling. Oh, yeah. I mean, the what he brings to the team, you can't always measure. You know, as a lot of people know that follow hoops. I mean, he runs the show. For, he's kind of at the top of the key there. And then on the the wing on the right, it kind of looks like the triangle with the Bulls, how they used to run it. And there's so many different options. Those guys can use a screen, go back door, pop back to the corner for a three, or he can swing it to the guy on the weak side. And he's just so smart with what option he sees open. You know, you're not going to see that in the box score. He had eight points, and I think they said when he scores like eight or more, their winning percentages in the 90s. Really? Like over 900, per, you know. So, I mean, what he does, you can't measure. He, he's huge for that team. And he's also like covering Robert Williams the third, who's just a beast down low. Yep. I mean, he's like 6'9", but I looked into it. His wingspan's 7'6". Oh, he feels... Oh, you're talking about whose wingspan? Robert Williams. I mean, I know... Dre, oh, I think he's taller than 6'9". I thought he was, too, but I looked it up. He, mean, he feels like a 6'10-plus with, like, this, the long... I mean, he tips every ball that comes down in there in terms of those guys trying to shoot over him. That's what I'm saying. That's why I looked into it, the 7'6 wingspan. So, for those of you who don't know, if you spread your arms out to the side... Typically, however tall you are, that's what the length is going to be from, you know, one finger to the next on the other side. Well, not this guy. I mean, he's 7'6". And even Dre, Draymond is long, too. He's 7'1", and he's known for that. But five more inches? I mean, Robert Williams is balling. Like, if that, luckily the guy's a little bit hurt because he's causing havoc. Yeah, his knee's dinged up, so his minutes are down. I mean, he, he makes a big problem in the middle when he's in. But in the refs, you know, some of it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's which team you're pulling for. You feel like it's ticky-tack. But when these guys go to the hoop, they, they kind of let a lot of that go. They're letting the guy who's on defense 
jump, own his space, and come back down. Mm-hmm. And they're not bailing him out with like those little weak calls. But then they fall for like the shitty flop calls. That's, yeah, I mean, Smart needs to throw on the soccer uniform here pretty soon. The guy flops so much it's unreal. But then Pool kind of got him back with that little face <laughs> in her, towards the end there, right? Where they they he, Smart was about to <laughs> to blow his top and get the second tee, <laughs> right? <laughs> well. Let's talk here a little bit about, well, first of all, what's been great for me uh, personally is I know why they call it the Chase Center because that thing's been a small ATM machine here right, lately. Mm-hmm. So the Warriors are 11-1 um, and one at home in the playoffs, and I think I've pretty much taken them every time. This is straight up. I think they're 8-3 and three against the spread, but I don't even mess with the spread. Like when it's three or four points, I just go money line. And so, so I, they they lost game one was the only loss then of the finals. That's correct. Not even of the finals of the playoffs. No, I know that's the only loss at home of the the playoffs. Exactly. And I got drilled there. Yeah, that was a tough opener because it, I had won like eight in a row. So I was like, let's stack her up. And then I'm like, oh wow, game one. But anyway, you still ride the war dogs at home. I mean, mm-hmm. good luck beating them at home. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is after game four, I, I just can't believe how many so-called experts thought that Boston was going to come in and win the ball game last night. No chance. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the ESPN guys early on kind of actually had the Warriors last night, which was good to see. Um, but just speaking of how much money the chase is bringing in, they said the Warriors make about 15 mil right now per home game on these finals. Really? And they said, you know, they're way over the luxury tax compared to other teams. 170 mil. That they're going to pay over in luxury tax. <laughs> really? Yeah, and they, you know, a good NBA team, I guess, makes about two hundred million dollars in profit for a season, and they're going to be in the seven hundred mil range this year for profit. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's legit. So they're like, you know, this is kind of getting to some of those expensive like baseball team era, like Yankees ish, where they like we'll spin the dough here if we're going to make this deep of a run. Except a little bit different than the Yanks, they actually get to the championship and win W's, get W's, because I noticed. In the last eight years, the War Dogs have been to the final six. I mean, good try, guys. Yeah, I mean, you take out Clay's injuries, and then, you know, the COVID year, they didn't even make the bubble. So they weren't fully steam ahead there. No, exactly. And so if they win this bad boy, they're going to be four and two. Uh, that's kind of going to add to their legacy there. I mean, Big Steph's kind of a baller. Like, uh, wish he'd play a little bit more D, and they keep talking about his D's better. But as far as the offensive side of the ball goes, that guy's one of the best of all time. Yeah, he you can tell he's got that little chip this year. He wants that finals MVP, so everyone kind of zips it on that topic. Well, last night, I don't know if you saw the stat, but they put him up against Mike J. Like, the first four games of a final series, um, Steph has averaged the most ever. It was 34 a game until last night. Mm-hmm. And MJ was 30. And they were comparing the stats. I'm like, whoa, MJ was shooting 49% from three ball. And then they showed how much the game has changed. Holy cow. In those first four games, Steph has launched 51 three balls. MJ, in four games, launched four three balls. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Is that nuts or what? So MJ was two for four, and that's where they got the 50% from three ball. And then you got big Steph, who literally the game before that was like 13 for 24 from three ball. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he takes at least 11 or 12 a game. Yeah, I mean, so... <laughs> and it's not just him. That That's what's hard to watch. It's like uh, both these teams jack up the three. I mean, I know that's where the game is. But, you know, outside of two or three dudes on your team, you should not have that many guys taking them. But they leave them open. So someone like Smart, who's a shade better than like Draymond is, obviously. But they leave those guys open. They throw the threes up. Right. Yeah, well, that was the thing about the Celtics last night is they almost made a little run there. They started off the game 0 for 9 with the three balls, and then heading into the third quarter, they made eight in a row, and that's when they actually took the lead from the War Dogs, and I go, come on, guys. Uh-huh. They're up by one, but then the War Dogs went into the fourth quarter and scored the first seven, and they go, that's ball game. We'll see you later, Celts. Yeah, they they withstood that third quarter charge there, and, and they came back. And then Poole's little bank shot to end the quarter, huge, large. huge momentum swing just for the building. You know, mm-hmm. two to all right, let's do this. We're back up top, going into the fourth. Right. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, they they stayed off going um, three to one because the War Dogs didn't want to be down three to one because there's been 35 instances where a team's had the three to one lead. And only one time has the team come back to win it, and that was your 2016 Cleveland Cavs with LeBron against the War Dogs. So they knew they had to win the game in Boston. They came back, took care of biz here, and what do you think about the next game? The big Celts at home now. I uh, I, I like the Warriors. You know, and I, I just it's even more in their favor, I think, because Steph had the poor game. I think he's got to be a little fired up. He's like, all right, thanks, guys, for last night. Let me take it here. And then Clay, you know, he's got that little moniker called Game 6 Clay. I think uh, I think he'll step her up and hit some three balls, too, to help him out. That'd be legit. Well, I don't, I don't know which way I would go on that. In fact, I'm not going to play the game pre-flop before it starts. I'll in-game it as usual. But uh, I do think the pressure's on Big Boston now, big time. Yeah, they, you know, Tatum's a solid player. You know, he's 25. You know, he can do a lot of things. He looked great early in the playoffs. Like when I saw him against KD in in the Nets, I'm like, wow, this guy's really kind of coming into his own. He's D'ing up Durant. He's he's making some big shots. But as, you know, the finals, he's tightening up. And he's terrible at the end of the game as they've shown some of those numbers. Oh, yeah, well... And the numbers are in the War Dogs' favor right now because uh, when you're ahead 3-2 to two in the finals, the guys that have the three wins win 80% of the time. Mm. So I saw um, Jalen Rose had an interesting f- uh, fact on, on Tatum, too. He said throughout the whole season, Tatum ranked in the top five for guys for most shots missed within the key, like finishing at the rim. And you can kind of see it in the finals. like He, he goes and attacks – and instead of dunking it, he kind of tries to do like a finger roll or like a little floater. And he's looking at the ref for the call a lot of the time. And the, he just doesn't make those close ones like he should in clutch time. Well, one of these days, someone's going to tell these guys, let's pump a little iron here, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's start to get the yokes going. Okay? I mean, that was like I was telling the boys, that's the big difference between Mike J and like Steph. You know, like Steph. Obviously, Steph goes to the rack, but he does like these crazy shots, like fading away and stuff, because he can't take really the body hits. Like anything. he's he has to give him a little credit. He's gotten bigger and stronger than he was. I mean, his legs and his pipes look better than they used to. And Kerr said he's like 
people don't know about his conditioning and how much more he's put in since I've been here into his body. Yeah, no, you can tell. And I mean, his conditioning's great because he plays a boatload of minutes. Well, like last night, they were in his jock. I mean, like Smart's not even looking at the ball. They went kind of that old school, like, just deny him the ball. And then they put Tatum on him, who's long and 6'8". Right. So, I mean, he has to kind of stay in motion, get someone to bump someone for him. And he's basically, that's basically the equivalent in football when they're stacking eight in the box. Like, the receivers better get open. And so, Steph was like the running back last night with eight in the box. Barry Sanders. And he's going, guys, let's get open on the outside. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good game. It's over with, Celts. Thanks for playing. The only thing that we're wondering here is if you're going down in Game 6 or 7. And if it does go Game 7, holy cow, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, when you get these so-called experts out there, if any of them talk about the Celtics having a chance winning Game 7, they're dead wrong. That's not happening. (laughs) I would think Boston's going to be favored by, like, three here at home. It's actually four. Okay. Yeah, but... um, Well, and I'm glad you bring that up. So here's the thing. Um, You may have noticed that the line has not come into play barely at all in the playoffs. Um, Well, in the finals, every single win has been double digits. Right. And so this guy, um, what's his name? Michaels, I think, from Wager Talk. He pointed out before the finals started, like, the last 60 finals games, like, the point spread only came into play, like, once or twice. It just never does. So it's either, like... The favorites are going to win and cover the spread, or you know the dogs are going to win straight up. So yeah, that line doesn't really matter. I mean, I mean, you've said that in the NFL before. It's like uh, the percentage was pretty high in terms of when the line doesn't even come into play. Mm-hmm. The uh, I mean, I'll just tell you right now: if this game goes seven, wow! Can I can't push all my chips into the middle of the stack faster than that? Just <laughs> war dogs. Yeah. I mean, it, it has a chance to. I just, I don't think we're coming back. I think the Warriors know what they're, they're like. Let's wrap this up. These guys kind of have that look in their eye, like holy cow. I would say though that my play for Game Five, and um, we can probably take it into the golf after this, if if you don't mind, if you mm-hmm. want. I would say let's play the under in Game Five. Two eleven is the under. Okay. Alrighty. All right. Well, we got a two for one here episode let's uh we chitted hoops let's go u.s open golf week which is always a fun one it sure is uh yeah like i said earlier in the podcast the masters went pretty well for us two and one on the matchup best bets mm-hmm. uh the winners p reed versus t gray we also had burns versus shambo and the only loser was big rose versus sergio okay so, but we'll take 66%. Let's try to keep going that here on the U.S. Open. What do you say? Yep. I always love the U.S. Open, the, the tough test. Um, it's obviously got a little bit of a media uh, headbutt here from the other live associations. They're kind of focusing on that more than they are the U.S. Open currently. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's some opportunity there um, because of that. And I might as well jump right into uh, Best Better 2 here. Yeah. Uh, Sure. Well, oh, in terms of uh, the, the guys, that, the guys that are distracted that aren't going to play very well, well. Okay, let's talk about being distracted. Did you see Big Phil Mick in his interview? Yeah, just uh, he knew to stay calm. You know, I don't know if he was like 
consulted by a, a crisis manager before this week. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and his mom's come out saying like, you know, it's just been great family time, him at home. I've never seen a calmer fill. The facial hair's out. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, there's no logos on the gear. It's just his little credit card guy jumping up, celebrating that master's victory. Right. Um, but yes, you know, did, said little, as, as if anyone saw it would know. But yeah, it's that's going to be tough for him to play well. I heard this one guy, <laughs> who's pretty funny, he was talking about Phil growing out the stubble <laughs> on his face. And he's like, dude, he's like Hulk Hogan when Hulk went bad. <laughs> Remember Hulk? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like the dark black beard. That's right. That's Phil right now. <laughs> so I was looking everywhere for Phil matchups because Phil had always been, you know, a man of the people. And currently I don't think that's where he stands. And I, Phil has obviously got um, a very tough head. I mean, anyone that plays golf has to have the dome game. But there's a different dome game when everyone's not backing you up, you know? Well, I think we saw that with, with Tiger in 08. Exactly. When everyone found out the personal. It's like, wow, this gallery, um, as I'm over, over the ball here, is thinking differently now of me. Exactly. And I was thinking that exact same situation. So now that's Big Phil. And so I was looking for all these matchups. And, like, two of my books didn't even have a Phil matchup. And I found one, <clears throat> luckily against you you usually know the random players Joel Dolman Joel Dolman yeah <laughs> he he usually wears the uh, the bucket hat exactly the bucket hat and so, maybe the the zinc uh sunscreen just slapped <laughs> all over the nose not really a household name but uh I looked into Joel so Joel is favored against Phil okay minus 185 and I looked into Joel. Joel's actually currently ranked 75th in the FedEx standings compared to, like, Phil at 220. Now, Phil hasn't played in a few tournaments, obviously. But he's even ahead of, like, Justin Rose and Sergio. Um, I mean, if you're ranked 75th in the FedEx, it's not like you're a sap. And I went back and I looked at his past tournaments. And, like, out of the top five, um, three of them he did, like, you know, top 25, two missed cuts. But if you look at Philly... I mean, Phil hasn't done squat. Um, well, he, uh, he hasn't played on on U.S. soil since like the Farmers, you know, late January. I don't think. I mean, anytime you look at his results, it was garb. Even even in the live, I took Charles. Um, Charles. <laughs> Charles, and uh, he was favored against Phil. And I even sent it to a couple of our boys. I don't think anyone hopped on it because they're like, "Nah," and I'm like, "You're bad." Like Philly just doesn't have it right now, and. Unfortunately, I can only find one person, but uh, I took Joel last night at minus 185, and I looked at it again today, and it's actually jumped up to minus 260. And so someone uh, is throwing big chips on that. I think Mattress Mac might have like a wire tie in my office or something. Because <laughs> I don't recall like a golf line moving that much, and that's a boatload, but apparently there's some big chippers that agree with me on this one. Yeah, you know, it's, this thing's taking place in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts, which, you know, you can get some tuned-up Boston people, which you know, this will be really interesting to see if they, you know, spit out a couple things towards Philly Chez. Mm-hmm. Especially if the War Dogs beat them on Thursday night. Yeah. They're going to be in a shitty mood. <laughs> They're like, let's go heckle Phil. <laughs> yeah, let's get in Phil's dome. Or DeChambeau. Well, so that's the other thing. So... Bryson, you know, like I said, we went against Bryson uh, in the Masters, and that worked out for us. That was more of, he just hadn't been playing, he's coming off an injury. 
Bryson and both Patrick Reed, you know, are in the live. They, they're coming aboard. Those two guys, though, different than Phil, those guys have been the villain, you know, for quite some time, especially Patrick. Yeah. I don't think they really sweat it. I mean, I know Patrick does. I think Reed, yeah, Reed's, you know, one with his own family in college, you know, accused of cheating, transferred colleges twice. He's like, whatever. I mean, does, does Patrick even have a friend besides his wife and brother-in-law in the bag? No. Yeah, I don't think so. So he's like, whatever. Bryson, yeah, I mean, but I don't think it's going to affect him as much as Phil. Uh, Bryson hasn't sniffed like playing well in a long time. I think I think he heard his body chasing that power long drive swing, and like he's not back to being anything like he should be yet. Well, to give you an indication, his odds to win this U.S. Open are 80 to 1. I mean, get serious. Yeah, I mean, it's not just like hitting the ball. Well, he hasn't been putting. He hasn't been doing anything consistently. No, and this isn't the the right time to like turn the game on for the U.S. Open. Nope. Uh, did you see what happened uh, or hear what happened with uh, your boy Jordo and Kevin Na? Did you hear about that? No. So uh, Jordo was going out to the practice round at the U.S. Open, and he went up to big Billy Horschel uh, and said, hey, you know, congratulations on the win a couple weeks ago. And big Kev Naw was right there. And Kev um, gave him the head nod, like, hey, what's up, bud? And Jordo just walked away, didn't even acknowledge him. Did they have any footage of it, or someone just said they saw it? Um, I, I mean, I saw a picture of it. Like, it showed them on the box. I'm, I'm sure there's footage of it somewhere, so you can go YouTube that and check out your boy. Hmm. But the reason why I'm bringing that up also is Kev Na, another one that I don't think is going to have the Dome game this week. And he he's one of your favorite guys to, <laughs> to root for, typically, because he's such a grinder. Exactly, exactly. So um, you're, you're right. I've never gone against Kev before. If anything, I take him. But this is one time where I'm taking Big Brian Harmon, a.k.a. Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> he's, he's the little lefty. looks like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> exactly. For people that don't know him, he looks like Mark Wahlberg. And is he the 5-5-er? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a good golfer, and he, he steps up sometimes. But, yeah, I, I would I would take him here. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably 5'7", maybe. Yeah. He just doesn't look very big. But he's um, very accurate. And uh, they've got him minus 148 against Kev. I think Kev is going to buckle and just try to go back into his shell this week. It's not going to be pretty, I don't think, for Kev. Yeah, I mean, anyone associated with Liv, it's going to be just the spotlight on them to see how they're they're doing, you know, what the galleries are saying to some of these guys. Mm-hmm. How do you think Big DJ is going to react to it? I, I think the thing that he did, which is a little interesting, is he declined to speak to the media the, the first part of this week. So I think he's like, I'm just going to step out there and play and kind of deal with it later. Really? Yeah, he didn't set up a, a press conference this week. And Phil's like, I'm knocking this thing out Monday. Let's get this over with. Well, DJ's like, well, the PGA can't bust me for anything. Mm-hmm. So No. That was the thing, speaking of, of Kevin Nott. You know, Kevin was the one that, like, resigned from the PGA. A few of them have. And, yeah. And I read the reason for that is because um, so they can still get their pension. So, like, if they get, like, you know, kicked off or – um, anything against them, then they like wouldn't receive their pension. So they're like, ah, I'm out of here before anything happens to them. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting because you know Kev's been on the tour forever. Yeah, for sure. That, I mean, that's why Phil won't step. He's like, you know, I, I earned this. It's over 30 years. I'm a lifetime member. I'm not resigning my membership. Right. And he goes, and I've brought this tour a small amount of chips. <laughs> Did you uh, 
had you heard what LIV stood for before I, I mentioned it? I did not. Why don't you tell the listeners? Yeah, the, the LIV is the Roman numeral 54, and the LIV plays 54 holes of golf instead of 72. So it's just the three-day format for that one. So I'm like, huh, I didn't know what it meant. Nope. I know that's very uh, good information to have. And also the thing that's different about that tour is they played the shotgun start. Mm-hmm. So not everyone goes off at one, hole number one. They're spread out throughout the course, which is interesting. Which is usually reserved for your uh, weekend warriors, yeah, or you know, your shotgun and the beers with your buds. <laughs> shotgun start. <laughs> so, did you get a chance to look at anything that you like in this? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, Jordan's always one of my favorite guys to, to pull for, uh, but I, I saw this like last year, I think, and I still kind of was blinded by it. But since he won at Chambers Bay, twenty fifteen, you know, he was twenty. 21 years old and his caddy hails from those parts and knew that course like the backside of his hand. Um, and that course played a little differently. It was links and it was not well received. I don't know if you remember Fox had it on their oh, coverage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jordo has not top 15, a U.S. open. I don't think since he won that one. Really? So he doesn't fare well. I mean, he's playing really well this year or better than he, than he has been, you know, he's trending well. Um, he's he, number ten, I think, in the world right now. Yeah, I mean Jordan's having a good year. I just I wouldn't go with him, but the the guy I did kind of spotlight last year's Masters, Zalatoris. He's he's his last six tournaments. Uh, he missed two cuts, but the other four he's top ten. Uh, one being the PGA Champ, he ended up taking second. But I think it's Big Willie Z. Uh, I like his odds this week. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> so listen, he's one of the best iron players in the world. Uh, he's a great ball striker, and he's getting closer and closer, but he still doesn't have a W on the tour because this is only his second year, I think, right? Uh-huh. And I just don't think a major is where he gets his first tour win, you know? So I'm with you. I like him and stuff, but not to get his first win as a as a major. Uh, I mean the sometimes the US Open you just you get in the house and like sometimes the field backs it up and gives it to you. I mean these things play so hard. So if he's playing well and he's there, I mean he was right there at the PGA. Well, but then what happened? He crumbled because he doesn't know how to win on the tour. Well, he came up against like a little bit more of a veteran, you know, and some extra holes there. I mean, well, that, that was the hair away from. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, that's the thing about these is uh, you're right. It's usually one of the best players in the world. Like when I was looking at this, I'm like, man, I can't see anyone but like one of the top guys winning this. And sure enough, a lot like the Masters since 2010. Every winner has come within the top 30 in the world rankings. So you're right. you got to beat the big dogs on this. And I just, you know, he can't beat the big dogs for a regular tour event. How's he going to do it for a major? So well, I mean, push Will off to the side for a couple more years. <laughs> you see guys like a Charles Schwarzel or a, a Trevor Immelman sneak in and win a Masters. It's like that stage is as big as it gets. The course plays a little different than the U.S. Open. You can kind of get away with spraying a tee shot or something, but those guys stepped up and won a major. You know, there's a time where they can do it. Oh yeah, I mean it happens. But you know, I like to go with a little bit more history and statistics to back things up. Sure. Who do you like? Well, to be honest, uh, I've always said like picking the winner of a golf tournament's the needle in the haystack. Oh yeah, it's one of the hardest things to do. And so you know. Every play, the listeners might not know this, but every play that I give out best bet, I'm throwing my own chippers on that too because, 
it's amazing. A lot of these people out there that give out plays, they don't even put their own chips on it. So what's that tell you? But so I'm not going to give out something that I'm not going to want the listeners to get on. And I just, I'm not even going to look at who's going to win the tournament. I mean, like I've said before in golf, uh, I wait until the Friday round is over with, and then I'll throw chippers on someone. But you love the head-to-heads. Oh, yeah. No, the head-to-heads are unreal. I start the tournament with those. That's where the the best bets are right now, where we've got Joel, and we've got Brian, (laughs) and I've got one more here for us. Those are for the entire tournament. And then after each round, I do the daily head-to-heads. And it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's some of my favorite places to make the chippers. Mm -hmm. Um one more best bet that I've got for you. Would you like me to give it to you now? Yep. Let's hit us with it. Well, going with that trend against the live players, okay, and Big DJ, there's a guy by the name of Hideki. And I'll take Hadek over DJ minus 148. Mm. Yeah, Hadek we last saw at the Memorial had a little spray paint on the, the three wood. Just kind of marking the center of his ball. I don't know if you noticed it, but you can't change the surface of the club. And he had to—he was DQ'd for for too much paint on the face. I remember one of our friends was telling me that. I'm like, dude, how did they know that? And once again, it was a viewer that called. Oh me. gosh, I hate when those guys. <laughs> I thought they were going to do away with that rule where someone calls in, they notice like the the sand move or something. Oh really? Uh, they've they've talked about it, but yeah, that I didn't know it was a viewer that spotted that one. Yeah, you know the. <laughs> following the rules in golf is always very, you know, unique and strange in the sense that there's not like a referee out there, right? You've got to like police yourself. And remember when I went to the golf tournament in San Jose and, uh, who was our boy that was from Stockton that won the amateur, uh, uh, he was the top amateur from Stockton. He went to U of A. He's probably like, Oh, uh, his dad was like an NFL punter. He was Ricky a, Barnes. Yes, Ricky Barnes. Thank <laughs> you. And Ricky Barnes was calling out. I was in San Jose. This was like Jiminy Christmas. I don't even know how many years ago. Probably like eight years ago. And he thought that the guy went out of bounds, like the um, the hazard, and uh, and thought it was further back than the player. And he Ricky was yelling at the guy. And you never see those things on the PGA Tour. It was so Mm-mm. legit to see. Hmm. But, yeah, because, you know, it's not it's different than, like, football or basketball or something where there's actually a referee. You know, the players kind of have to police themselves. Oh, yeah. It's their livelihood. And, you know, you're playing to advance if it's, like, a qualifier or something. It's so like, hey, bud, nope, that's and, not where it was. And you're playing for the chippers. Yeah, one other guy who um, has played well of late in this year, uh, Max Homa. I like him. Mm. Yeah, that's a national narrative right now. Big Max Homa. Well, he's playing with my boy Jordo, so it's it's Adam Scott, Jordo, and Homa. So mm. that's a good pairing. Yeah, you were saying that it, it kicks off super early, which is so legit when we're on the West Coast. Yeah, we're West Coast, so you know the Peacock Network, three forty five a.m. You, <laughs> you, can, you can catch her if you're up cooler. Oh, that's so legit, dude. If I wasn't married with kids, I'd do that in a second. <laughs> Wouldn't even hit the sack. Just keep her up. Yeah, take her out, let her rip, come back, watch the U.S. Open. That's a pretty legit <laughs> night right there. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, some people will throw in like a Scheffler or a Burns who are having good years. Um, Brooks is too dinged up, hasn't been playing enough, and just got married. I think he's mine's a little elsewhere. Well, that and also like you know, there's there's a chatter that he's taken off for the live. 
Oh, I think he probably is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Smith, probably top five. Uh, but I'm going with Willie Z for for the dub here. Okay. Well, you mentioned Burns. I'll top ten Burns. He's balling. Yeah, he's solid. Mm-hmm. So you want me to go over the the best batters here one more time? Sure. All right, Joel versus Phil. <laughs> then Brian Harmon versus Kev Na, and lastly Hideki versus DJ. Uh, I like them. Let's do it. Okay, well, it was good to be back. Catch up with all you guys. Uh, enjoy the NBA Finals. I, I think it's wrapping up Thursday night. Could possibly be going to Sunday Game 7, which would be fun, too. And enjoy Father's Day weekend in the U.S. Open. Can't get better than that. All righty, then. We'll catch you guys later. See ya.